Hello, everybody. I hope you're having a fantastic day. I am. I'm very tired. I just had an incredible weekend with the cover show brought to you by this podcast, and it was truly amazing, and I think some thanks are in order. I'd like to thank the v- you know, Vinos for letting us do it. I'd like to thank Kurt and everybody involved, the bands, Go For Gold, Past Comfort, Eyes Up, My Ants to War, my guys, you know, in my band. It was a truly special night. We, we, I mean, I'm just kind of at a loss for words for the whole thing, really. It was uh, magical, to say the least, and thank you all for the support. And it was amazing. I'll never forget it. I just want to get that out of the way. I've only got one show to plug, and that show would be the 6th annual Spa City Metal Fest happening in Hot Springs with Hell Camino, Lame Johnny, Pliskin, Low Spirits, Fred, Zaris, Abamale, Eyes Up, No Remorse, and Mismanage. Ten bands, ten bucks. You literally can't beat it. It's at the Loki Arts Center. It's going to be insane day of just heavy in-your-face music. If that's something you're about, I suggest you show up. Some of the best bands in the state, hands down, they're all going to be putting forth their best efforts. Today's guest is Parker Rongrud. I'm going to let him say it. He says it on the podcast. Uh, He told me it, and I'm still messing it up. Parker used to play in bands around here, and he made the move out to Arizona to go to recording school. He now works for iHeartRadio. He's also doing stage work, which I'm a huge fan of. I think everybody in a band should at least work on a stage a time in their life just to get the hang of it. It was a really great conversation. He was in town for like two days. He managed to squeeze in a couple hours for me. I'm incredibly thankful. Parker, thank you so much, man. The conversation is great. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Thank you. talk into the about right here check 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 yeah. check and then we do this guy oh yeah that was a good one absolutely so where do you live in now i'm in glendale right now which is uh, about 30 arizona min- yep okay 30 minutes out of phoenix and uh, how i got there is uh an interesting dynamic let's do it hell yeah so i basically this was in 2016 Mm-hmm. And this is after I spent my fifth year at UCA. Uh, I had just gotten burnt out and I had um, had a falling out of a relationship I'd been in for a while. That's tough. Yeah. And I had started to make some health choices that I wasn't uh, too happy about in like hindsight. eating or drugs? or Drugs for drugs? the most part. Okay. Just to cope. And I was working at a bar at the time. I was working at uh, the old Chicago location in Conway. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And I was just hanging out with people that were drinking all the time. And then I started getting into uppers because I was still in school. Right. Oh, uppers are huge in college campuses. Oh, absolutely. And working late hours and I had to get decent grades somehow. Right. I still did but you know. Right, right. The point remains I tried. I put in an effort. Yeah. This is a bird. Bird. Just like. (laughs) So I put in kind of an effort. Right. And uh, after a while, I realized that. My heart wasn't in academia anymore. 
I and feel it never, that. Yeah, it never really was to begin with. It's something that you get, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I don't want to get into like the politics of it, but it is one of those things where I wish we had a longer to figure it out. Like, cause you get out of high school and everyone's like, go to college and you're like, okay. And then you just go and then you're like, fuck, I don't, I hate this. Yeah. You know, like I We're fucking kind of, hate this. And the most bullshit part about it is guidance counselors, uh, while some of them are actually good at their job, a lot of them just do the bare minimum of, of homework to find out, all right, what's this guy good at? Where should I tell him to do? Well, they could be what aptitude test. This is what yep. you're good at. Yeah, and even at Catholic High, they had those, and yeah. I knew it was horseshit. I didn't... Yeah. And I was just going along with the ride. I didn't really... I just felt out just to get them off my back, because I had no idea what I wanted to study. When I was 17 or 18, I didn't even know if I was going to be alive or dead the next day. Right. Well, you, well, you know, I, I don't know. What I was into then versus what I'm into now, other than music, is two totally different things. Oh, absolutely. Like, what I'd rather be doing as a career versus what I was into then as a career, it's, not, it's nowhere near the same. I wish I had had a career idea back then because I was just so into wanting to do music. I just knew I was going to be a fucking rock star. And then here we are, you know, 20 years later. But I mean, couldn't tell me any different. But I mean, as far as the local community is, you guys basically are at the top. Like I'm and you guys have been around for over 10 years now. I remember uh, we just had our 10 year anniversary last year. Well, so this Halloween or around this month. So we just crossed 11 years. Yeah. But we did take a hiatus if right you will. yeah i remember that was about like six or so years ago i uh, think or that's seven. when it started yeah. yeah it was like six years ago i remember the time that. frame's all f- screwed in my brain not kidding because i've been in so many bands and it's <laughs> the hard years kind of just metal in and they just blur after a while right so you were mingling doing alcohol and stuff and then yeah and uh when the breakup happened I knew it was bad because I realized after the big, huge fight that she and her other boyfriend and I had gotten into, I remember loading up my dad's pickup because he'd loaned it to me after my car had died. Right. And I was borrowing his truck just to get to and from school and work. I remember loading up his truck and it was in the rain. I remember getting in the truck and then lights out. Like, I don't remember anything. The next morning. Whoa. Yeah. The next morning, my Dad's truck is in my parents' driveway. The driver's side door open, and I'm just face down in the front yard, and my shirt's missing. And I'm like, how the hell did I get here? Whoa. How did this happen? It's like that song. Yeah. And I ask myself, how did I get here? (laughs) Yes. I felt very much like David Byrne at that point. Yeah. And I started to put the pieces together and like, well, I'm feeling like shit more and more each day. Maybe I shouldn't do this anymore. And my... Do you think it was just a brain blackout? Like you just... Yeah, I probably just blurred that out subjectively, knowing right. I probably didn't want to remember it. Ah. Knowing full well, it's like I shouldn't have driven home, but I knew <clears throat> right. I did it somehow because I clearly got the truck home. <laughs> and managed to fall in the yard. Right. Wow. But at least it was in the yard rather than That's the true. pavement. <laughs> true. <laughs> if there's going to be any surface to fall face first in. Shirtless. Yeah. It's grass. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've had my instances where it's like I have my bare back on concrete and I wish I hadn't. But yep. one of those instances, I don't think any of those were alcohol related. So if I had to be drunk and pass out somewhere, thank God it was a front yard. Yeah. It's a a solid one. And at that point, I decided that, well, it was really an epiphany because Mm -hmm. my parents and I were on the same page of, you look like shit, 
you probably feel like shit. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So why are you doing it? I'm like, well, I don't, I'm not sad anymore when I do this. I'm like, well, why don't you just go see somebody? And I'm like, well, with what money? And it got, and I was able to qualify for free healthcare. Or, okay. You know, the, it was still under the ACA in 2016. Right. Before the shift happened. Yeah. So I started seeing somebody and getting through my last semester of college. Uh, health-wise, I was feeling a lot better. Mm-hmm. But as far as academia-wise, I kind of just flipped the switch. And right. I was just going to coast. Man, when you don't care, you don't care. No. And yeah. I got by on C's. and, and uh, That's pretty impressive still. And a few A's, like a lot of my music-related courses, like ensembles and performance-wise, yeah. it's easy to get an A in those. So I balanced out my average with like, meh, 2A, 3-point or whatever. <laughs> but the lights were just flipped off, and yeah. I didn't want to do this anymore. And I had forgotten why I loved doing music so much. Because after Motion and Color... Right. With Tanner and Tyler and all them. The woman I was with at the time had given me the ultimatum of either her or the music. Oh, yeah. God. And I, yeah, I know. And, <sighs> and that age old shenanigan. Gotta love it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like every other band's story. The damn guitarist. Yeah, honestly. Got a girlfriend. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> and, well, and that's. Unfortunately, <coughs> kind of how the writing on the wall began for the decline of motion and color. That's how we knew it was going to go downhill. And even Tyler was saying, like, man, it's definitely not the same. Yeah. You know, and he wasn't feeling it. John wasn't feeling it anymore. Tanner had definitely quit feeling it because he'd gone through so many member changes and he was just right. kind of just over it. And I yeah. don't really blame him. But those were fun times. And then after that, that's how I kind of just started down spiraling because I too had just quit caring until yeah. started doing some research. And after that last semester and seeing my therapist for a while, I started reflecting and thinking about why I really loved music. And it's because I'd grown up with it for so long. I had a, an array of different influences growing up because like each people, member of my family listened to something some different. different. Yeah. I had that same shit. Yeah. yeah, my mom was a California Beach Bunny, so <laughs> so she gave me a lot of the Buffalo Springfield and Beach Boys and Poco. Nice, yeah. My dad loved a lot of blues, so okay. I got to get a lot of uh, Buddy Guy and Muddy Waters. Ooh, yeah. You know, a lot of Eric Clapton, a lot of BB King. Love both all of that, right? And it's perfect. It it still holds up really well today, oh, but w- yeah. But what holds up even more? A lot of the old jazz records that my grandfather used to have, mm. and. Uh, I started flipping through his old collection because my grandmother held on to a bunch of his records in uh, Scottsdale. Uh, when he passed away in 2004, she grabbed a lot of his records and CDs and tapes and a lot of his old music, and she had it shipped to her house in Arizona. That's and, cool, man. And since I've been house-sitting for them, I just started right. flipping through their records. I'm like, all right, what can I... S- not steal, spin, but... Spin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what can I spin? Yeah, you right. know. Especially since I had the house to myself. Yeah, what, what of are the course. Ca- what are the cats going to tell me to turn it down? Yeah. Fuck those cats. Right? But I started flipping through all these records, and they had just Bill Evans, and they had McCoy Tyner and John Coltrane. And I remember listening to those as a kid and just being blown away, especially by the counterpoint that McCoy Tyner had with John Coltrane, the way those two blended. Yeah. Especially because Coltrane was great at producing a really rich, smooth melody on his saxophone. And then a lot of the chords that 
McCoy Tyner used to build around that and make a little bed for it was just so rich and something that not a lot of people had done. Right. Uh, I, I listened to an interview of with uh, Bob Weir, the Grateful Dead, and he was oh, talking yeah, about... yeah, the Grateful Dead, dude. Absolutely. My parents weren't really deadheads or anything, but... My dad sort of was. We had like four of their records we oh, put on. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, still, I found one uh, in Arizona and the... Well, the West Side in particular, they have a bunch of franchises of uh, Zia record stores. Okay. And at each Zia, I always find at least two or three copies of American Beauty. Nice. So, like, you know, it's just, you can find it anywhere. Yeah. It's like that uh, that one Miles Davis album that everyone has, like, uh, oh, Trace of Blue, I think it was. I can't remember the life of me but it's like that one miles davis album that every record store has two or three copies of. right i know that many people want it right and that was kind of how it was for like american beauty and a bunch of these other you know b-sides that i discovered of a lot of music and one of them that i found was from my grandmother's collection and she loved a lot of classical music and she loved a lot of the romantic era especially I found uh, a two-side tape of Beethoven's Fifth. Damn. Cool. I remember listening to that when I was seven or eight and just being blown away by the sheer uh, magnitude. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, Because especially in the Romantic era of composers, you get guys like uh, not only Beethoven, but also Wagner and Verdi uh, and a lot of uh, Italian composers like Rossini and Donizetti that use bigger orchestras. Okay. And because they use larger orchestras and larger ensembles, you get not only a bigger sound, but a more profound feeling. Especially, I can't imagine the people that were hearing, like, oh. Flying Dutchman live. Right. Or hearing anything from the ring cycle. Because Wagner had one of the biggest orchestras still to this day. Really? He was uh, His orchestras are the only ones that still use an instrument called the octobass, which takes two people to play. It's Hell a, yeah! Yeah, it's a gi- <laughs> it's a big giant just four string uh, bass instrument where a person the uses the, fra- the neck just long as shit. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Oh, it's, and it's huge to wrap around too. That's right. why I, there's a ladder that the guy on the top wraps. Did you his say arm a ladder? Around. Yeah, a guy <laughs> uses steps to actually get up to the frets up at the top, and he wraps his arms around like a bear hug to get the frets. And the other What's guy it uses called? the bow. It's called the octobass. The octo. Hold on, I'm googling the octobass. Yeah, I discovered it in a metal documentary, actually. And a lot of music historians were talking about uh, a lot of the orchestrations. Holy hell. Yeah. It it's like very... a nine-foot cello. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Dude, that's ridiculous. Takes two people to use, but... There's a woman standing on a desk, and she gets to the, to the, to the, to the neck. To the neck. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's about accurate. Yeah. That's insane. So they still use these? They're his. Yeah, it's tough to find the symphonies that do his uh, scores or whatever. Some people do. Uh, oftentimes, because it's cheaper, we'll just double up on yeah, the basses yeah. and cellos. Because finding an octobass is apparently very rare. Like you, if you go to the right museum, oh, and if you and have like the right price, you might be able to. Yeah. yeah. But that's <clears throat> slim to none to be able to find that. So a lot of. Uh, or- orchestrators and conductors now, if they do anything by Wagner or Verdi, they just double up double on the up. bass section. I mean, that's cool, but it'd be way more badass to watch two people play one. Oh, absolutely! Because <laughs> the because the 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 coordination. I'm just sitting here in my brain, like, damn, 
That's the same thing as two people playing a piano. Or, you know, because you see that sometimes. Absolutely. Uh, Two people play the same piano. Uh, That's crazy. It takes a group effort. And and that's about God-tier synchronization, too. Yeah. You were on it. I can't remember where the hell we just worked. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You were you were inspired by the records of your parents. Oh, yeah. And, and you were talking about leaving, so you asked them what the hell's going on. And then you were rekindling your love for the music. Oh, absolutely. And uh, it took me a couple days to really ponder. like, well, I love performing, and I always will love performing. But what's it like being on the other side of the chair? Oh, real quick. What, yeah. how, when did you start playing an instrument? When... When did I start playing? So were, you, so were you like a young child? I was fairly young. Uh, my parents actually used music for me to open up my mouth as a kid because were you I shy, very shy, okay. and I, I don't think I actually had a like a full blown conversation with somebody or talked to somebody in full length till I was like five or six. Damn! But I learned how to read really early on, okay. and I loved quiet intellectual. Yes. Yeah. I, I suppose. <laughs> to I, su- uh, intellectual to some, it. savant I mean, to others. You're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're all savants in some form. <laughs> We're all good at that one thing we shouldn't be. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or the one thing it's like, oh, yeah, that, that'll just bring us so much money. Right, right. <laughs> yes. That one talent will bring in so much revenue. Yeah. Here's a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> And then just do it all, all right. over again. So you started young. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I, I, I envy that. I wish I had started younger, but I just was never... I was a car guy. Oh, yeah. Kind of kind of not rednecky, but just like more rough around yeah. the edges. And you were, you were around uh, a lot of mechanics in your family, I uh, imagine. There was. You know, my uncle was like a truck driver and all, you mm. know. So like it wasn't like anyone was talking about it. My dad and my, dad and my mom listened to some good shit, but... Aside from listening to it, I wasn't like, wow, I want to do that too. Because, like, I wasn't like watching it that much. Right. I'm a little older. So, like, mm-hmm. MTV was like a thing, but we didn't really have cable and shit. Poor, right. race poor as fuck. So, we had like 7 Eleven, two. Right. You the know, four so, channels. Yeah. That yeah, yeah. Normally. So it wasn't yeah. like, <clears throat> I just, I actually got inspired. A friend of mine played at a talent show in like the ninth grade. And that's when I was oh, like, wow. oh, cool. I could, that's what I want to do. Nice. What did you start with? Uh, well, Okay, so it's kind of weird. So I started with guitar, and I bought a guitar from a friend of mine at a job I was working at because uh, I worked uh, landscaping. So what's oh, nice. great about in Arkansas, you can work young absolutely. in landscaping because of the farming laws and stuff. Oh, absolutely. So I got in that young because my dad, that's what he does. And yeah. <laughs> guys sold me a guitar, and I started like noodling with it, but I was like, eh, this is okay. But then I found a drum set. So then I started drumming. Well, then I just... The drum set was fucking piece of shit. Right. It was like yeah. a, a three piece. It was haggard as fuck. And you know CB drums from like Walmart? Yes, I it do. It was one of those with the 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 fucking uh, the uh, the spurs actually go back up in the drum when you tear it down. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I had one of those for a hot minute and then I was like, no. And then I saw so it's like kind of flopping back and forth between the two. And then finally I landed on guitar for the longest time. And then when my first band ever, well, well official first official band ever broke up that's when i went to drums like i want to drum because it was just like so much fun i had actually learned a few things over the years like mm-hmm. playing guitar in a band and then i was like i want to drum now and then i've been drumming ever since and 
my guitar playing kind of took a back seat. <laughs> I still know like power chords and shit. I mean, that's still more than a lot of people that will try to pick up an instrument and then just go over to another one spur of the moment. And that's which is unfortunately kind of how it was. For I was kind of I me. was kind of learning both at the same time. Were you? Yeah. Okay, that's how it started for me as well with piano. I started taking piano lessons. Uh, I think when I was like eight or nine, mm. and. Uh, is that how it started? That's how it piano? started. Okay. Um, my parents knew I could sing because I always sang when I thought nobody was around. Ah, yeah. And they recognized that I had that, and I never really tried to do much with it until a little bit later on. Right. But my sister and I both took piano lessons. Um, when I was nine and she was 11 was when we started. And then a couple of years later, I was just tapping along to songs, and my dad was like, Hey, you got a knack for that too? That's cool. Let's see what else you you got. But let's focus on this one first. So let's just focus on piano since we're paying for the lessons now. Right, right, right. <laughs> but little to you know, my surprise, that Christmas I managed to get one of those P V drum sets. Yeah. You know, those nice little five piece P V drum sets. Nice. I that remember fell, those. Yep, fell apart on me a couple of years later. Oh yeah. <laughs> And it was covered in duct tape by the next year. Yeah. Just, you know, even just to hold the shells together. Yeah, dude, trust me, I've been there. That CV had so much fucking duct tape on it. Dude. Right. It's it looked like, like it was part of the paint job yeah. at that point. And dude, you're so, I was so fucking broke. Like my heads would break and it was like just duct tape them back together. Like I can't afford this no shit. No joke. That's yeah. how, that's how I kept my heads for the <clears throat> first three years. Oh yeah. <clears throat> no, because I didn't really start working until I was 15 or 16. I was 14, but. You know, still, mm -hmm. I, I I was in between transition between cars and shit, so I was still spending all my money on like auto parts, oh, and I had yeah. a race truck, oh, and wow. and every weekend I was doing shit to that while simultaneously like the two the two lifestyles were kind of like merging and and you know like now I don't work on cars at all now I'm like fuck that I take my oil to the to the Walmart or yeah. whatever the hell <laughs> yeah. I'm like I'm not working on nothing <laughs> right well it's you know it's kind of how I am as well because the company I'm financing my current car through mm. offers, they do the free oil changes yep yep so it's like why spend the 45 bucks and I can get it for free you know so, every 3,000 miles so we were at um so I'm sorry I segued into your that's musical okay career. I didn't really um, expect much of a frame of any order I'm I'm terrible at like just being like oh well while I'm thinking of it let me ask you this oh yeah <laughs> actually I should have did this at the top of the key okay your last name yes how do you say it you disregard the G and it's Ron Rude thank God yeah. <laughs> hear that everyone Ron Rude been saying it wrong <laughs> this whole time that's okay <laughs> join the club okay so is everyone else well now at least the people listening who know you yes it's Ron Rude okay. Perfect. <laughs> yes. Oh, messing with telemarketers is the best. I bet. Because um, I'm listed legally because uh, Parker is actually my middle name. It's okay. not my legal first name. Yeah. So if any telemarketers call and they address me or they try to address me by my legal first name and then they butcher my last name, that's how I know immediately I don't even have to answer them. Yeah. I'm like, uh, am I looking for what? The, uh, nope. Yeah, just hang up, and that's how uh, I know. And that's and it got to the point where I is this some... uh, is this Parker Ragnarok? No, it is not. It is not. <laughs> nope. Nice try, though. Great movie. Bye. Right, honestly, <laughs> but now, but now I get like eight or nine of these calls a day, dude. Fucking, are you? Uh, so I don't know. What do you have? ATT. Yep. So they've started telling you. 
when, what it is. On my phone now, it says Some telemarketer or spam. Yeah, I, there's a bunch of them that still get overlooked, but they've uh, indicated about two or three of them a day now. So I hardly ever answer my phone unless I, it's I somebody have I have. Fif- I must have had 15 just today. Yeah. It's it's absurd. That is terrible. Well, what really sucks is now I'm not answering any phone number I don't have in my phone, and there's actually right. an option on my phone to turn that on to where any number I don't have stored, it just sends it to voicemail. Oh, wow. So now I'm just like, shit, dude, I might just do that. But then I tried to check my voicemail the other day, and it was so full, it's just like gone. So what? now I have to like I have to call it. I have oh, to call no. the voicemail, and I forgot my password. Oh, so I'm just geez. like, dude, fucking... Having to check your voicemail box? What year is this? <laughs> That's what I was saying. I was like, what the fuck? This phone is... Br-. Anyway. That's some 2002 bullshit. That's some 2002 bullshit. Enter in your code. <laughs> no. I don't want to enter it in. Just tell me the shit. Right. But, uh... So, when did you start... Uh, so, you got to the music... We'll get back to the other part of the story about the moving and stuff. But, no, that's okay. Yeah. Um, I'm just interested in... So, you started doing... Piano. Mm-hmm. What came after piano was a guitar, drums for drums. me. Drums. Yep. My parents got me a kit a couple years. Into That's right. The my BB kit. Lessons. You said that. Okay. Yep. And uh, I wasn't expecting that. And then when I got it, it not necessarily completely took over, but there was definitely there was there was definitely a shift of interest because yeah. of how fun it was. Yeah. You mean I get to beat the shit out of things? Absolutely. For, and you guys are cool with it. Yeah. And even with uh, like I still. Because of the courtesy of my heart, and to keep the neighbors at bay, right? I decided to take the initiative and put some padding on my kit myself, <clears throat> just so nobody would have to yell at me and put tell me to do it later. Put a pillow in there. Put yep. some put some gels on the head. Oh, that's probably why I couldn't. That's why I got a great response out of my kit because I had it stuffed all to hell with pillows. Yeah. So a bounce back and the velocity of each hit was no problem. Oh yeah, it's I like got slapped back feet. instantly. Yeah, just barely trying. And that's a eventually how I got to getting better at double pedal because I didn't even start using a whole lot of double pedal until this new project that I'm playing drums for now. Because I did a lot of single pedal really up to then. I wish I would have sorta, so I'd be more adventurous. I'm actually doing more single pedal stuff now than I ever have. Oh, nice. So I'm like the opposite, and I kind of wish I would have, but I actually learned how to do double bass on school desks because everything I listened to was like heavier. That's true. So it all had double bass. So I would sit there and I would tap my fingers, you know, like drumsticks or pens or pencils. Oh, absolutely. My all my classes, I got lucky. The person in front of me was like a friend of mine. So I would sit with my feet on their desk and just... You'd find the right person that wouldn't mind. Yeah, yeah. They were like, no, I like it. It's like it's like massaging. And I was like, cool. So I learned how to double bass on the back of my friend's chairs in high school. See, that's kind of how I learned to blast beat. And that's how I picked up a lot of my finger technique. You do the... Yep. The fucking uh, three finger, like. It's gotten to the point pulse. where I use all three. Use all three? Okay. Yep. I'm still working on that. I've got the pinky and the mid, like the two. Doing the mm-hmm. three is hard for me. It's tough. It's getting easier. It's, you know, it's definitely like uh, deadlifting. You just have to get your reps in, and right. it does get easier. And my ring fingers Muscle being a pain. memory. Yeah. My ring fingers being a pain in the ass on each side, though. Dude, it's the yeah, one that doesn't want to do it. These are stupid. I don't understand. They're stupid. Like, why? I can flip people off just instant. <laughs> Go ahead and just both hands. Just, you see how, like, shifty it's it is? It's a chore. It's to a do chore. That. Yeah. Pinkies, nothing. Pointer finger, nothing. Middle finger, nothing. That's stupid fucking ring finger yeah, it's just good for having a piece of metal around that's it, it and that's it <laughs> so stupid yeah and only if you're lucky enough to find the person you want to put the metal around it with right you yeah. know? and that's the thing i 
dodged a bullet the first time. <laughs> Sounds like it, man. Well, I, I mean, mean, we were both. Um, I'm wasn't necessarily an angel either. Right. There's two sides, right? For of sure. Of course, there always will be. But uh, I definitely felt like I was getting the short end of the stick because I had never given up music for anybody before. Because to me, well, always that was always deal, my man. first love. If that's you, then fuck that. Right. It, on anything. I don't care what it is. If you're fucking, you know, if, you're, if your thing is fucking being out in the woods naked hollering at the moon, then that's your thing. If somebody's like, hey, <laughs> you yeah, can't brother. be out in the woods naked hollering at the moon, they're like, well, you don't like me then. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's me. You know, I'm a werewolf. Right. <laughs> okay, cool. You're a werewolf. Well, I'm just going to go on my way. You go on your way. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like, well, you should stop doing that shit. Right. Don't force somebody to stop doing something they love, unless like it's like a fucking murder or something. Right, that's you a know? thing. You know, I, now, I mean, <laughs> within reason. There are times when, I, when motion and color did feel like it was a chore, and it did. Hey, you man, know, it gets there. Yeah, yeah, and you know, especially with different dynamics, because there were some lots of timing signatures, ups and downs, kind of. Oh yeah, like even like writing the music was always fun. Right. Uh, when it was, especially when Motion and Color first started, when it was he and Tanner, uh, when it was mainly just Tanner and I, yeah, we had a lot of fun, just the two of us, and then bringing Tyler in was a lot of fun, because I loved playing in 3D Arcade with Tyler Clark. He's one, <laughs> he was one, of, he's one of my favorite drummers to play I like with. I Tyler, so. man. He's so great. I don't see him around that much, but. No, I think he, he's in Hot Springs or something yeah. now, I think. Yeah. I need to, I'd love to see him while I'm in town. I'm only in town till Sunday, so we'll Oof. see. Thanks for coming by too. I should get that out of the way. I'm glad I got to. It's uh, I know you're here for like the minutest of seconds, but mm-hmm. I really appreciate making time to do this. I'm just glad you reached out to me. I was really flattered that you wanted to. I think your story is interesting, man. I want to, and 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 the the idea is for this podcast is more than just you know it's more than just the Arkansas scene. It's the people from here that you you left for a reason, mm-hmm. and what's it like now why you know the whys and hows of all different types because there's people you know this like man i gotta get the fuck out of here right okay well are you sure you need to get the fuck out of here or is it like is it just maybe you need to change your mind or you know there's yeah. so many factors into oh absolutely all that stuff. so when i when i saw you post like hey mm-hmm. i'm coming to i'll be in town this day i was like he's got a story mm-hmm. that needs to be on record because you've you're out there doing it and then so there we can pick up from there uh, so you were, um, see, so I'm sure you drummed and then you got in motion color and stuff. Right. And then and even doing safe to shore beforehand was right. You safe know, to shore. That's that, right. That's the other one. Right. And that was a rite of passage in itself because, uh, like I said, in high school, I didn't give a damn about whether I was going to go to college or I, cause I didn't even know if I was going to wake up the next day oh, or dude, not. I used to tell my teachers to literally fuck you. <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to college, bro. That's, that takes balls. Yeah. That takes balls. Well, I used to bring my guitar to class, man. And they'd be like, you can't have that. And I'd be like, fuck F- you. <laughs> the hell I can't. Yeah, the he- fuck you, man. This is all I know, man. This right. is my life. <laughs> Turn into fucking, uh, <laughs> what's Keanu Reeves yeah. over here? <laughs> yeah. No way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not putting you nowhere. Sound like Sean Penn's character from <laughs> Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, bud, what's your problem? Hey, man. <laughs> I was a I was a shitty child, man. Oh, I had yeah. I had attitude, bro. Wait, especially in high school, I fucking hated being there. I wanted to drop out, and my mom wouldn't let me. It's always the parents getting in the way of our uh, you, you know, know impulsive I aspirations. I get it. You know, I get it. I you know she wanted her kid to graduate. Like in hindsight and looking back, it's just like okay, I, I see where you were coming from. But man, right. I hated that place. Oh, absolutely. And where'd you go? 
Yeah, I'm right here. You know, I've literally never even seen my high school diploma. Oh, wow, really? I, the teacher, I didn't even go to my graduation. I went to no the shit. principal's office, and he was like, uh, this is a great story, actually. He was like, uh, well, you got to shake my hand. People are going to probably think I'm a dick. I was a dick. Uh, but <laughs> he was like, uh, you got to shake my hand in order to receive your blah, blah, blah. And his name was Mr. Spadoni, and I was like, I don't have to do fucking thing. You give me that, because I stayed the whole time. Right. And then he was like, well, you need to shake my hand. And I reached down and I grabbed that shit out of his hand and I went, fuck you. And I left. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I got in my truck and I hauled ass out of there. One, I've never been back. And two, I drove straight from there to my mom's work. I handed it to her in the envelope. And I said, I hope it was worth it. I laid it on her desk and I left. I've never seen it. Jesus. Never seen it. I've never <laughs> had to fucking prove that I had it. Wow. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah. High school really don't mean did. shit. Nobody gives a shit. Uh, and I've come to realize that more college gives a fuck because yes. you got to have it to get to college. But Absolutely. other than that, nobody gives a fuck. If you're out there in trade, which is what I do, mm-hmm. I have a trade job. They don't care. They don't care. Yeah, oh, but- you're missing three fingers. Cool. We don't care. <laughs> they don't care about nothing. Dude. Right. The more applications I've filled out, the more I realize high school really was meaningless. Yeah. I just wasted four years of, I can't believe potential. it's still on the application. Right. Like you actually, <laughs> You you mean to tell me you actually care about where I went to high school they don't eight give years a ago? Shit. No, yeah, exactly. Don't. I'm 35. I graduated. What was that like 18 fucking years ago or something? That's wow. dumb. Right. Like nobody cares. That's a whole human ago. Uh, That's honestly, a whole adult ago. <laughs> yes, that is an adult ago. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie, I'm sorry, dude. That's okay. I'm sorry. That's uh, okay. Uh, so we'll get back to it. So you're drumming, and then you get into. Uh, Damn, what was the Safe to Shore? Even before Safe to Shore, my very first like band that played shows in the local community. Uh, I'm not sure if Luke Eubanks is listening to this, but is with Luke Eubanks, Alec Curry. Okay. Um, and then I think Jared Browner was in it as well. If, yeah, I don't know if you know Jared or not. I don't know if I do or not. I'm not a good <laughs> uh, with names sometimes. Uh, he's been, um, I think he's a server in the local area. I know he's good friends with Zach France. I, oh, okay. I know for sure. I know him for sure. Yeah, France is awesome. Mr. F- Fat Quads. Right. <laughs> Dude, I lo- the new project he's doing with, with- Doan? Yeah, so it's great. good. It's great. I love it. They posted a new one today, actually. Yes, they did. See there? I follow it. I'm just like, dude, this is good. I can't wait. And that's another reason why I feel like I've... You now, of course, I have the feeling of being away from the parts of Arkansas that I needed to leave. Sure. But as far as the local community, that's what I always love following. Because I love hearing about all these new projects that people are putting together. It's like when I saw the videos for Pliskin at the Eyes Up show for the first time, yeah. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, heavy, yeah, bro. The, I just yeah. watched them last night. So good. They played with the the plot in you last night. Yep. And they and, played uh, uh, mismanaged too, right? Yeah, and mismanaged. That's right. Nice. They'll actually be coming on here eventually. Hell yeah! I was talking to them last night, so it's right. Yeah, I know. Uh, Billy had talked about bringing them on when Slick Rip. Yeah. Came on. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Because he's in both now. Yeah, I miss the Slick Rip dudes too. They were uh, some actually a lot of them were there last night too. Nice. That's yeah. always nice. Too bad you couldn't have got here last night. I know. I was hoping the so. Fun. If only yeah. could have gotten there one more day earlier. Right. So, but, but oh yeah, the very first project I ever did was a Christian metalcore band. Uh, you know. I, oh yeah. Right. Well, and and it was funny because I was still getting into a lot of the core genres and a lot of like the post-hardcore bands. Yes, of course. Because I was... As we all were. (laughs) Yeah. And I was still sort of transitioning uh, to 
or from mainstream bands to more of like the underground kind of stuff because I discovered LimeWire a few years before. Oh. And that's when I went on my binge and, and I started watching a bunch of punk documentaries and metal documentaries. So I started looking for some of the fastest, hardest stuff I could find. So I started listening to a lot of Minor Threat, Black Flag, Misfits, oh, Dead nice. Kennedys. And that thought, real punk rock shit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, oh, this is great. This is great. Because I was I was feeling angsty and oh, yeah. of course misunderstood. It looks like Winona Ryder's character in Beetlejuice. And I was just, you know and, I, and that fit exactly how I felt at the time. Shit. That's so. uh, that's some good self-deprecation there, oh. man. That's great. <laughs> that's my coping mechanism. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Ooh, you should be a stand-up comedian. Holy shit. I thought about actually doing some open mics, but I just... Let's psych I'll... each other out and go together. I have a whole... Dude, I'll show you. I have a whole list of jokes in my phone. Oh, hell I'm yes. I'm so terrified of stand-up comedy. Yeah. It's terrifying to me. It's admirable to me. It's like when I'm in my band, I have my other guys backing me up, but when you're on yeah. that stage, it's like... It's when you're just on your you. own, especially. And when you suck, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way to really pick that up. Once you fall... Yeah. You're kind of done. You can either get out of it because you've learned, or you're just going to have to dig that hole deeper to find out how to get out. Right. Which you eventually <laughs> will, because you can only hit rocks for so long until you realize... You either oh, give up, or you get better. Yes. Yeah, with everything. And that's kind of my first step, too, because this first band, not to be confused for For the Fallen Dreams, was called For the Fallen, and we were... Terrible. terrible yeah <laughs> we were awful welcome to the club <laughs> yeah i well i mean or not even we as a band but i especially was difficult how, how long was that band a band not very long not very long like i, I think from uh i joined in the summer of 2008 and i think we they ended up breaking up in october of 2008 oh shit that was, that was not a few long months, we yeah. had a bunch of member changes uh because i had switched from drums to keyboards and then okay uh they found another guy for they stopped using keyboards, so they found a bunch of different members, and then they kind of just split up to do their own thing, because Jared went off to do uh, Ah Venice with Alec okay. and a couple other people. I actually remember that one. Right, yeah. yeah. I, lo I loved playing with them, too. Those were like our buds when yeah. Safe to Shore was still playing shows, and we I remember had to, that band, too. We had to find another easy core band to get along with, so... It's hard uh, now, man. I, I, we'll talk about a niche genre. I mean, just doing pop punk with breakdowns was... So accessible in 2010, 2011, but now you hardly find it anywhere. Slick Grip's yeah. still doing it really well, though, I think. Yeah, they're, they've got a little heavier edge to them. Uh, Past Comfort, too. They have some screaming parts. They you know? do, like that's they get, true. They get a little bit in that... You can feel like at a set, you're just like, oh, shit, it's tilting. and then yeah. the, But then as soon as you think it's at the... Here, the, like the fall, mm -hmm. like the oh, they're about to get like doom core, and then that no, no, spring <laughs> it right back to the pretty shit, which is cool. But you know, and they have that great balance. Yeah, yeah, I like those guys. Great sound. So you were too. a band for your first band. That's that's relatively nice. My first band technically was a band for two weeks. Wow. Yeah. Boy, it's that, now that's a track record. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> Hell uh, yeah. We had one song. It was fucking awful. Uh, even yeah. our friends, even the guitar player's little brother, whose house, like mom's house, we practiced at in their trailer, was making fun of it. Yeah, yeah, I said shit. <laughs> that was a rough two weeks. It I was bet. a rough two weeks, and we practiced like four times too. I nigh. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. 
But after <laughs> after For the Fallen <laughs> broke up, um, I was despondent because, you know, when you get kicked out or your first band or not even if your first band breaks up, but if you get kicked out of a band, when you're at 16, you kind of have the feeling like your world is over. It, it's like breaking up with a girlfriend. Yeah. Man. It's the worst. Well, what do I do now? And yeah. I heard, and then... Um, Catholic High, uh, because we had our usual services and we mm-hmm. had uh, our Catholic services, we always had a Gregorian chant group, like a Scola Cantorum, Whoa. as it was called. Like that kind yeah. of stuff? Yeah. Oh, shit. And I heard a cacophony of noise coming from one of the hallways <laughs> one day. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And I see these two wooden double doors that lead to like one of the green rooms that goes out to our auditorium. Okay. And that was where this Scola Cantorum would rehearse. And I heard the noise, I opened up the door, and there's a guy behind the piano saying, oh, hi, how's it going? I'm like, hey, just checking out what's going on here. I'm like, well, we're about to start singing some things. Do you read music? I'm like, I can. I'm like, here you go. Read the bottom line. So I said, oh, oh, okay. So I have this sheet of music in front of me. I read the bass line. He says, come back here Thursday morning, uh, 7 a.m., and which is great because I because I was doing ROTC at the time and I didn't have to worry about being done at the barracks rather early that day. So I'm like, cool, I'll be here, no problem. And that's how I discovered that I had a nick for uh, classical singing because cool. I was able to get into sight reading and I read church music and a bunch of other services. And, nice. And that's how I got into singing for the Cathedral of Saint Andrew in downtown Little Rock. I sang with their church choir while I was in high school. That's awesome. Oh, it was a lot. Of, it, well, it got my ear trained and really going because from there it can, man. I would, dude. Honestly, I, I was, I'm, I, shit is Greek to me still. You can tell me whatever, dude. Even just regular shit. Yeah. Yo, play a G. I don't know what the fuck that right. is. <laughs> yeah. I can say it. Yeah. But I couldn't tell you a fucking thing how to play it. Like I don't know. I don't. And that's fun. And it's that seems to be a common like position. There seems, uh, especially in bands, there's always one guy that has to be. Uh, the sort of point of deferring, like you, yeah, like you, pretty much. Me, that's yeah. Justin. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I was just about to ask who in my hands to war with. It's that Justin. Nice. I'll, I'll literally, dude. I'll, I'll play a chord that I've never played, and I'll strum it, and I'll be like, "Wow, that's cool, man." And I'll be like, "Yo, Justin," and he's learned how I say shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, "Hey, Justin," he's like, "What's up?" I'll be like, "What is the backwards of this chord?" And he's like, "Hold on," and he'll come over and he'll yeah. go, "It's this," and I'll hit it and I'll be like, "That's right." <laughs> <laughs> one of our guitarists in my project—I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the guitarists in my project doesn't know a single thing about theory. Mm-mm. Like he just. But he loves tech death, and he plays like a lot of Chon and Polyphia type stuff. He can shred wow. and go a mile a minute. He just doesn't know what a single note of it is. He just knows what sounds good sounds good. That's right. me, man. And he was like, all right, I'm going to play this a couple times. I'm going to need you to document it. So I will listen to him play his lick or this solo three or four times while I document exactly what each note of that passage is. And it's like, well, it's, an ar- it's like a G-sharp minor arpeggio leading into like different passageways and I have to put uh, put it all together because our other guitarist is our main songwriter for the most part and he kind of knows okay so he gets the vibe from what you put down right and okay. it's basically the intern handing the two bosses yeah. his work and it was yeah. like so did I do good and then we put and then we assess and put it together I'm like Oh, yeah. Here, you got an A, kid. Go on. Get out of here. So, write more riffs. Nice. (laughs) And then we end up making uh, some sense out of the mess that we we get. 
and vice versa too. Or you know, I will have some Dillinger sounding drum part. Mm. And uh, say it again. Oh, d- absolutely. Anything Dillinger. Anything uh. that reminds me of Dillinger number twelve. Looks like you botch converge. Anything yeah, up converge. that is right up my alley. I love Dillinger so much. They are so great. Favorite Dillinger album. I I. If you can't, if you could pick one, if you can't, I completely understand. Uh, nope, dude. I, that's I just fair. literally, I it, that's one of those bands where like when it's on, I don't really care what it is. I'm just like, yeah, that's cool, that's great. Yeah, I love this. Like I, I, I don't, I don't sit and think about it a lot. Like I, don't, I couldn't even tell you like my own song names. I call them track one, track two. Right. It's like whenever I, but I know what it is. Yes. You know, I know what it, I was like. Oh shit, this is Dylan. Like. Mm-hmm. But for for me, them, it's just like it's so right in my wheelhouse of just pure fucking crazy. Oh, well, I'm it's just like complete chaos. It's chaos, but it's somehow still in order. Yeah, which is I've, the beauty I've, of I, it. I got the beauty. I got the privilege to play with them. I've oh, seen wow. the, I've seen them two other times besides that. Oh wow! And it's just like man. And now that they're not around anymore, it's just like. <sighs> At least I can say I got to see him. At least, never forget. yeah, I never forget. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. Dude, they were seriously a force of nature. Their writing insane. Their live show untouchable. Absolutely. I uh, I listened to an interview with uh, Greg Pachado, their vocalist, and he was talking about how Ben Wyman writes, quote unquote, writes his music, and. Uh, he will be asked, I'm like, well, what kind of melodies do you have? Do you have anything in mind? I'm like, oh, I have a, a few melodies that I have written. Melodies, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I have these couple things I have in mind, and it's completely indecipherable. <clears throat> but then Greg started to realize that's just everything that Ben comes up that's with. That's right. And having to translate it may take two or three other people to do it, but that's what made Dillinger. Yes. The force that they were. It's like the hieroglyphs on the pyramid, man. Honestly. You know? And that's, I mean, not nearly as dead of a language, though. Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that shit speaks right to my soul. <laughs> Them, the chariot, anything the chariot, chaos. absolutely. Any- I remember the first time I listened to uh, Long Live. Ugh. And I remember uh, the very first song from that album I ever heard. And I saw up, them on tour with their first. Yeah, didn't they do the "Scream Unsung the Prayer" with you guys some time ago? I've played like with them like ago? four or five times. I believe that. But yes, but I I I remember going to watch them after Josh had left Norma Jean when Unsung was the only thing they had. I've been watching oh, wow. that band. I watched that band their whole career. Man, I love I fucking love that band and so much. And just like Dillinger, they had. A sort of systematic chaos that chaos. was an animal all its own. It's like exploding an atom bomb and then containing the explosion in your hands and just kind of morphing it and switching it around and just like the utter... Right. Like, like it, having the power of the Infinity Glove with yeah, all the stones there you in, go. but you haven't guess. snapped it yet. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. A tangent that you said Dillinger and I was just like, that's my jam. Absolutely. <laughs> I remember the first time I listened to One of Us is the Killer and uh, the opening of that album with Prancer. Yes. And yes. Having that sensation, just sitting back and listening to that for the first time, <sighs> was unlike anything I'd ever experienced prior or since. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's not a lot. Dude, that kind of that shit is all but almost gone, man. Right. Well, it's definitely few and far between. Yeah. It's now it's now very underground. There's a few bands out there doing things you can kind of like get you know like oh shit they're kind of like you can feel the vibes but they're not mm. all the way crazy like the chaos isn't 
utter just dismantlement. Of, yeah, they have it in bursts, if you will. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There you go. And there are it's a lot of bands way. that are doing that now, like CU Space Cowboys doing that. Wrist Meat Razor is doing that. The the uh, the Callus the Callus Dow Boys. Yeah, Dow Boys. Yeah. yeah, I fucked that name. I think I have some form of something. I see that name. I can't say it. <laughs> and it's funny because I saw that and immediately knew that it was one of those malapropisms of the Dallas Cowboys. Right. I'm like, oh, that's genius. They were actually supposed to play here like a couple weeks ago. And right. The Didn't they have like down. some van issues? Yeah. That's always a bummer. I was excited because I was actually going to go to that one. but That sucks. Yeah, I was hoping to catch so. them in false accusations together before FA broke up. And that was and that was a real shame. There was were uh, some dudes from Wisconsin, and uh, they were pretty prominent, like Mathcore Index, and they were okay. passing their stuff around a lot in the Mathcore community. But they just ended up just pulling the plug not so long ago. That shit happens, man. Right? Yeah. Sometimes you just everything has a part part of the journey's the end. Everything has its finite, you know, mm-hmm. thing. But it's yeah, yeah. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> Some, sometimes it's truly hard, but sometimes it's like I, I've only had a few bands where when I heard they were breaking up, I was just like, I was just like sobbing. Like, yes. what? This can't be real, you know? I thought I was going to feel that with Under Oath when I heard that announcement. And over time, like, it got softer for me. I'm like, oh, they put out some great work over it just, the years. It I just made sense. It. Yeah. It, it made sense. Well, because they were so out in the open and they never stopped. No. So it's like, dude, they've been touring for like 10 years straight. Right. Of course, they'd with be like burnt a month out. off, of course they would be burnt out. It made sense that they would break up. Oh, absolutely, to I'm me, surprised they hadn't burnt out a few years before. They the, did, the, yeah. The fact I, that Disambiguation still came out because I worked a few shows with them and like you know, just like liaison, like that kind of stuff. You mm-hmm. just take them places. You can just man the ways people their vernacular, like you can just tell. Oh yeah, it's just like the way they say shit, what they say, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. You're just like they don't give a. Fuck. Not anymore. They hate this. Yeah. You know, they're outside like they don't care. That's and that's the saddest part. They they truly didn't get to uh they faded away the first time and I think that's mm-hmm. more the reason so to come back when you can burn out this time. Like next time right. they can just be like get to the peak. Like they just went on tour with corn. Yeah. Fucking kudos, sir. Yeah, they're and yeah, Allison they're, fucking chains. Yeah, uh, Allison chains and corn. I went it was a Did you? amazing. Was it? Yeah, nice. it was fantastic. Of Hell course, yeah. I still say Corn was a better band, but uh, I, uh, I'd agree with you on that one. They live, they just that it's hard to beat. But anyway, uh, I know people are listening to me like fuck that. <laughs> but uh, I will shamelessly admit, Corn's still on my bucket list. Listen, listen I don't have I, to like a lot of their newer I've stuff, seen but them they like will always. Six, dude, that new album is fantastic. Is it? It is. Fa- give it a try. Hell yeah. Go, okay. go check it out. I, I'll give it I don't a shot. think you'll be disappointed. It's it's weird, but it's I think it's good weird. I nice. now the 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 few that they put out when they lost head and all that stuff. Right. They got all experimenty. It was a little like But even that grew even on the me over time. shit. Yeah, it's like, you know, now it's like, oh, I'll jam this. Yeah. But now actually this is the first album they've put out since they've all been a whole again where I'm like, yo, I listen to that album. I'm like, fuck this thing. This, what do the kids say? It slaps? Yeah. This shit slaps. It does slap. Yeah. Rightly so. Like, I still put three flame emojis near <laughs> Yeah, there you go. That. Yeah. Commenting anything about that. But, so uh, the flame emojis. Yeah, I think they're going to do good, man. I think, honestly, this next time around, they're going to, like, that they did this record. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then 
they're going to tour their asses off. They're getting on these bigger tours. They'll do something. And I, I feel like that's kind of like their thing. It's like, now we can just be like, all right, now we're done. Right. Spencer will bring back Reap Wave for a third time around. And then <laughs> I hope so. I love that first album. That, the almost that album, just new that record took just some dropped. time to grow on me. But when it did, I blared nothing but that album. Oh, I listened to it front to back, man. The last track is fucking mm-hmm. superb. Anybody yes. listening who thinks, go give Sleep Wave a listen. Different kind of like little vocal style. The music is stellar, man. It's like Nine Inch Nails meets like uh, like modern day like doo-doo-doo, like Swan. I don't want to say Swan core, but I don't know. Like he kind of has like an old school Seosin kind of feel with Seosin, the vocals. that's it. Yeah. That's it. But still with some really cool industrial work. Yeah. It's I like Nine it Inch really Nails cool. meets Seosin. That's mm-hmm. a great that's a great one. One of the weirdest billings. Speaking of Nine Inch Nails, it's funny you mentioned this. I just had a friend go hear a, a post-rock band called Explosions in the Sky. Explosions in the Sky, yeah. Yep. And uh, they opened up for Nine Inch Nails. This was, this was about a year ago. And I was hoping that tour would have been a little bit closer to me because I didn't have the time to get to L.A. at that time. Yeah, that's uh, a good job. But I would have loved to have caught that billing. That's a solid show. Yeah. I've never seen Nine Inch Nails, but I've seen... A handful. That's one of the ones that I've always always eluded me. Right. Well, they have so much mystery to them. Like Tool was the same way. Hearing Tool live was really cool visually, but it was also kind of mystifying because I didn't really know what to expect. Right. That and I wasn't sober for the show, so that will <laughs> that'll do things for yeah, you. That'll... But but case in point, I still really didn't know what to expect because Maynard James Keenan always is that kind of mysterious, prolific vocalist who doesn't really have that frontman persona yeah who is the voice of a band but he doesn't want to be the face of the band right and nine inch nails hits me that same way that tool kind of did and deftones did as well uh deftones my jam bro absolutely chino moreno is always going to be one of my favorite vocalists i think i've seen them like five times dude and they they crush every time yeah, I've heard them twice. My favorite time hearing them was actually with Code Orange at the Minglewood in Memphis. Hell yeah, dude. And talk about a crazy that show. That sounds like a badass show. Yep, that was when Code Orange had just released, uh, they had just released Forever. Uh, this was in 2016, and I'd uh, made a trip from Little Rock to the Minglewood in my dying Nissan Xterra. I'm surprised it made the trip there and back, and it promptly died shortly after. <laughs> but I As got it to, should. At, right, and I, <laughs> and I gave it so many kudos because it actually made it to Memphis and back. It made it through the trip, and I didn't think it would. So kudos is really where it's due. <laughs> but that show was bonkers. Yeah. Because it went straight from, you know, dudes in... Timberlands and crew neck sweatshirts <laughs> yeah. flailing their fists and feet. Of course. To a bunch of dudes spewing beer all over the place and chicks racing their tops to yeah. white pony songs. Yeah. You know, it was Around the Fur, White Pony, yes. Adrenaline. It was a classics. sight it was a sight to behold. Bet, dude. Yeah. It's like yeah. I had like the drummer at the wrong gig kind of vibe. Like, wow, this yeah. is two totally different things. But what a good show. And it, it was completely polarizing crowd-wise. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of the core dudes pretty much left after Code Orange, which meant there was that much more room to get even wilder during Deftones. And they started with Rocket Skates off the Diamond Eyes album. They started their show with that, and that's how I knew it was going to be nuts because the lights went out, and then boom. Nice. Just 
lights were blaring, people were flying. Hell yeah. And that's how I was, that's how I knew, okay, this is what a real live show energy should be. Yep. Because yeah, you get to any playing Vinos or even at the village, you know, being up on that stage gave you a cool sense of what it may have been like, but it, on that perspective, there's nothing like it. It's uh it's different, man. Yeah, the bigger stages bigger rooms the stage too though because when you see all that that's that stage was like 27 by like was it like 30 or something it was Mm -hmm. massive but uh yeah that was was such a great venue i miss the fuck out of it dude every day what the hell happened to the village i blame i blame the juggalos for no that just what was the last show that was already predetermined but oh was it it was a lot of uh man honestly it was a lot of politics I don't even want to get into it because it just it just makes me angry. I know the story, right. but it's just it's not even worth talking about. Dude, I no, that's, that's even worse. It couldn't not, be blamed on a freak accident or just nope, a show it, gone awry. It had no. nothing to do with any of that. That sucks. That's even worse. Well, it involved. Well, never mind. It doesn't matter who it involves. But uh, I, I was bawling like a yeah. baby because I knew I knew and. It's like I watched him lock the door and I was just like, dude, no. my whole life my whole life was in this building. Uh, I was there for everything. I saw man. it all. I was just uh I get fucking sad just thinking about right. it. Right. I remember so, hearing uh, your other band, Truth Farm. Yeah, uh, I was in there for there. a year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I think the show that really comes to mind, I think my hands to war yeah, you got, it was the album release for you guys at the village. It was yeah. you guys, Truth Farm, Tomorrow Brings the Agony. I think Thrill of a Dog Fight played that wow. show too. Damn, good memory. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if there was anybody else that I'm forgetting. I think that was it. I think it was four bands. That was a pretty stacked show. It was fun. It was a great show. Yeah, I loved the vibe. I was sick as a dog for that show, too. <laughs> I was battling, like, bronchitis. Dude, and I love that band because bass, man, that's just, like, the best instrument. Have you ever played bass in a band? Yes. It's the best. Oh, definitely. It's it's my favorite. Like, I play drums and stuff, and I love it, too, like, mm-hmm. guitar. and I'm. But, man, bass, it's just, like... No one cares. I no. can do whatever I want. That's kind of how I approach <laughs> playing bass in 3D arcade, too. There you go. Oh, so you're bass in there. Yeah. Uh, when they were around, I did. Yeah. Okay. And then um, when we brought in Tyra Clark for Motion and Color for drums, I switched over to bass at that point, mm. too. That's right. Okay. And, I uh, that. Safe, and, and even Safe to Shore did this weird thing, like... Like we'll on draw, our like, intros, shift yeah, instruments. we switched instruments, yeah. yeah, and I would switch from vocals to bass for that one okay. too. And that was gonna be, uh, I think, one of the weird changes because we were gonna bring in Nick Shields, who was in Second Rate at the time. I don't know if you remember the band Second Rate. That doesn't when they ring were a around. bell. That's okay. There were another pop punk band that okay. we played with at Enjoy a lot. I remember Enjoy. Uh, that was a fun venue too. Yeah. Like very small and a completely different vibe compared to the Village, but that was a lot of fun. Like I remember. Um, I think, uh, I can't remember which show it was in particular, but Something to Stand For and Jungle Juice that were playing uh, uh, one night, show. and yeah. it was nuts. There were people just trashing the half pipe, and you know the floor and was completely packed. Yeah. And that was, you know, like I said, completely different vibe, atmospherically, but just as fun. In oh, my sure. Opinion. Yeah. The hardest part for the village for me was when you would do the local shows and it was like the 20 people who did the show probably should have been at Vino's. Yeah. But Blake just didn't have anything that night. He had a good heart. He would just be like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Who gives a fuck? Like right. I used to practice in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, empty, really? Yeah. An empty 800 capacity room. Wow. And yeah. He would just be like, great practice space. Oh, that's ideal. <laughs> yeah. I wish it was with a 
band I gave a shit about still. Oh, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it was fun. Don't get me wrong, man. Like, there's nothing, nothing beats hearing that kick drum boom in that yes. empty cathedral-like building. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. Like, uh, one of the venues I run sound for on occasion in downtown Phoenix uh, is one called the... Yeah, let's get to that. Oh, yeah. So, so, so we got to the point where you're about to leave. Let's start yeah. from there. Okay. Uh, Damn, I, we quit in Tarantino this motherfucker. I know. We certainly <laughs> did, didn't we? It's going to be in so many different plot points. I love it. Put it together. It's like, A was 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, we're going to get back to the Bonnie situation we, at this we, point. When we originally absconded from the topic... We were, you were about to leave. Yes. And I started wondering, well, I love studying music and I love finding out more about my pursuit for music and how to enhance music. So what would it be like behind the chair? And I started looking at different outlets for music production and I started watching a bunch of tutorials on YouTube and getting some pieces together. <laughs> but I thought, well, there's still a lot that I'm not sure about. So let me see if there are any good like recording schools or anything I could probably go to. And I looked up Full Sail. Full Sail, looked at the tu- Looked at the tuition. I was like, fuck What's that. What's the one in Texas? Uh, the big one? It's like it's not as big as Full Sail, but it's... Damn. I can't remember. In Texas? I know. because yeah, I know in um, Dallas. Shit. I, know, that's where I can't my remember went. either. Because I know yeah. uh, Belmont has a really good program for that, too. It doesn't matter. My, right. my friend of mine went there, but it's in Dallas. It's 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 a nice one. I oh, very cool. I almost went to that one, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, you were still in Texas at the time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'll have to remember about uh, was how you got from Texas to Arkansas. I'd like to ask you about that, but that'll be later. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But, uh, um, I started browsing schools, saw full sale, looked at the tuition amount, and I said, nope. It's Going like to f- 40000 fucking dollars or some shit. Right, and that's just the online classes yeah. that you don't get jack from. Now, if you want to do the whole, like, they offer the whole package film, yeah. music, like, uh, you can do it all, but it's it's staggering. In my opinion, the only way that would be to your advantage is if you were on campus and on location. Because if you try to do all that stuff from online in your house... Yeah, what, are you going to use your fucking phone and your right? half a MacBook with half an interface? Like, what no. are you going to do? And besides, the professors aren't going to give you jack shit for that. Right. You have to be on site to get the good on-hand connection. And to really get the hands-on connection, you got to be there for it. Yeah, Otherwise, you're course. just wasting your money. I feel the same. And that's kind of why CRASS, or the Conservatory of Recording Arts and Sciences, stuck out for me. because Now, I, is that in Arizona? Yes. Okay. And it just happened to be in Gilbert which is about 20 minutes away from Scottsdale, Arizona, which is where all my family is. Okay. So I made a phone call. My Say I were hypothetically going to be making a huge, tremendous move from Arkansas to Arizona to study a completely different new aspect. And if I were to hypothetically make this move, how much would you uh, charge me to room with you? I asked one of my aunts. She was like, a hundred a month. So cool. So I went from working three jobs to four and I saved up four grand. And, uh, my aunt, she likes to make a drive. Like she'll always drive from Scottsdale out to Little Rock to be with my family and help out my dad with his family business. Damn. Yeah. She has a Honda element and she still packs this thing up and makes the journey. (sighs) Bless you. Thank you. Yeah, like multiple times. That hurt my back. Oh, oh yeah, God. it's one of those that's just so palpable. I I didn't want to do it this way because I was like, it's gonna get everywhere. That's oh my okay. God, <laughs> that's all right. Made my eyes twinge. Right. 
<laughs> Mine are getting itchy just from watching <laughs> right. you. Just, God. <laughs> that was a hell of a sneeze. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. That's, that's okay. No problem. So your aunt drives all the way from here to help with yeah, your dad's business? Ma- yeah. She makes that drive multiple times a year. I don't know how the hell she does it, but she was... Uh, Some a, people like driving, man. Right. And I didn't realize how much I was about to start liking road trips until I started making more of them. 2016 was like my year trips, of road man. trips. Yeah. Uh, because I drove from Little Rock to Manchester, Tennessee to go to Bonnaroo. It would make and, sense that you would, though, because, I mean, every musician, I feel like you, touring is part of the deal. So you're right. Like, Unless you want to be just a studio project. but I mean, that's that's a thing now. It, yeah. Very common. Right. So, Dude's anyway, just, sorry. You know, ripping into like a, you know, Axe effects in their bedroom. That's it, man. That's all he needs a MacBook and a fucking input. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. And 20 grand, you know. Well... I don't know, dude. You can do a lot with these damn computers That's true. now. These just like plug in. Wow, great! It, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy to me. It's I, I'm not I'm not there yet with it. I'm just like wow. I can't believe that's even possible. You can just plug it in, click a thing. The amp comes up. You dial it in. It sounds guitar right. The the fake guitar shit is there. Now the fake drum stuff. I'm not sold. MIDI drums are not my favorite. I'm not you know, sold I, yet. I, and I hate drawing them more, and which is why I can't wait to get the last of my drum mics so I can start tracking all go. my drum parts, and I don't have to tediously spend three hours drawing right? one two-bar MIDI drum part. Yeah, and it's like, wow. It's way too tedious. I could have just played this in four seconds. Honestly. Yeah. If I just had the good amount of so, mics, we could have just tracked so it. So your aunt's making the trip. Right. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> uh, I... As soon as I got the memo that she would charge only peanuts for me to live with her. That's a pretty good deal. Right. Yeah. I took the opportunity while I could, and I called the administrative department at Crass, got approved, and then that was in June of 2016. Okay. So I decided to start setting up for the fall semester that was going to be coming up. Like they, um, So like September? Uh, actually going to be in November. Oh, okay. Crass actually does this cool thing where they have three month or three week uh, class periods called cycles, and there's twelve cycles in the program. Oh, cool! So, like every three or so cycles, they start. They have a new start date. So, like, right, because gr- kids are moving up right. through the yeah, mm-hmm. got it. And, and I decided to set up for a start date at the end of no, actually the beginning of December. Okay. And I decided to move out at the end of November. So I went from three jobs to four, saved up four grand. I packed up all my clothes into two boxes. Wow. I had my base gear, my tiny little orange combo base amp, and my and my tiny TV. I put them in the back of my aunt's Honda Element. I held on to her dogs that she had and all of her bags, and we made the trip. <laughs> Turns out she ended up making me do most of the drive, which I... How long is that? Like, fucking 12 hours? 15, 16. 16 hours? Yep. Damn. And and had it been up to me, we wouldn't have stopped for the night. But because right. but because she had two small dogs, uh, we yeah. decided to you know we stopped in Amarillo for the night. Yes. And going from Little Rock to Amarillo wasn't too bad. You know that was a good eight hour drive. I'd say like eight or nine, yeah. And then we got up at you know four in the morning. Woo. Made the rest of the drive. Oh, it was beautiful because we got to go through New Mexico right when the sun was coming up over the Come rocks. On, that's cool. Oh, it was beautiful. And That's making my, that drive, and I was putting my phone through shuffle, and I was just listening to music while listen, watching the sunrise. Oh, it was beautiful. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, and that was something I will always 
have <coughs> Mexico, in my mind. New Mexico's on my bucket list. I've been to Mexico. New Mexico's on my bucket list. I mean, states to go as to. boring as New Mexico is, because it's mainly just... De- I just want to go in the desert. Yeah. I want to do unnamed things, and I just want to glance into the fucking infinity for a few hours. Which is, you know, it's hypnotizing in yeah. a way. Because it's nothing but dead zone and flatland. So yeah. unless you have nothing to do... You That's can, all I want. Right. I don't want anything to do. Especially if you're not car. driving, it's yeah. easy to just zone out and just completely detach. Get lost, yeah. Which was great when I wasn't driving and I was able to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I can't really do was that. It, was it so. shocking to move to Arizona? Like the differences between here and there? I thought it was going to be. It really wasn't. Okay. It's, uh, the culture shock get, took me a couple days to get used to. But it wasn't going to be, uh, or it wasn't as harsh as I thought it was going to be. I was expecting a complete shift because, right. especially being from Arkansas, primarily Arkansas, yeah, and um, feeling a bit simple, especially living in Scottsdale, which is kind of like, um, Scottsdale to me is like LA light. I call it Snobsdale. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> just, just because it's just very ritzy and upscale. You know, um, the shopping mall, the Fashion Square shopping mall they have, and going down uh, Old Town Scottsdale, it very much looks like L.A. to me. Okay. Or what L.A. and Beverly Hills would come off as to a lot of people. Yeah. So that felt very weird. And I started work. uh, the second day I got into Scottsdale, I borrowed my other aunt's car because I was still going to save up uh, the money to buy a car. Sure. And eventually, my fourth day living in Arizona, I finally bought one. But the second day I was in, uh, I realized, well, I need to get a job sooner rather than later. So yeah. I got a job in the mall working at the Sun that they had in their mall. Hell yeah, bro. Oh, my first day was Black Friday. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was a nightmare. So Your first no, day? Very first day on the floor. Why would they start someone? Because well, they're sadists. This, yeah, that's <laughs> fucked up, dude. Oh, my God. Not even when I worked at Hot Topic did I hey endure boy, that much hell. you want to die? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's how I did on the outside. <laughs> yeah. The inside would come later. Right. Holy shit, <laughs> yeah, man. Being out on the floor at 5 a.m., you know, telling a bunch of, you know, rich white kids, you know, that they want to spend a hundred bucks on one sweatshirt. Oh, my God. That's and, and that's how I felt like a fish out of water, especially yeah. being in ritzy uptown Scottsdale with the budget of, you know, Pine Bluff. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I got this at Goodwill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had no fashion sense. Oh, shit. Yet I, yet I had a job working in a fashion store. Go figure. Well, you know, <laughs> moving on up. <laughs> well, and I, and I had to. I was going crazy otherwise. Eventually, it didn't work out because so, I only got like one day out of the week where I would work four hours. So you moved there relatively close to your start date for school. Yeah. Okay. Basically, enough time to get a job, kind of. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. And then get a car and just go right in. So I had a way to get to and from class and get to and from wherever I'd go. And eventually I found uh, a gig with a company called Borrows Pizza and I'd be with them for a year. And uh, through all of my courses, because Crass actually did a really interesting outlook for their program. They basically pack, I think it's still 12 cycles, if not 13, Mm. but you get all of this course material in nine months. Wow. You basically just blow through it. Even cycling like that? Yep. Wow. You go from cycle to cycle without any breaks. 
and you and just, this is just audio production, right? Mostly audio, yeah. Okay. You get to, but in different aspects. Like we learned about post production, we learned about uh, sound design, we learned about sure. broadcast. We did video game audio, which is really cool. I bet that is wild. That was fun. All the Do different it. layers and like depths. Oh, absolutely. Because some some guy has to sound like he's way the fuck over here, but it's like a two dimensional. That's cool. And uh, sound design was the coolest part because we got to do a lot of uh, Foley. Uh, like, we took a scene from, like, one of the new Star Wars movies, mm -hmm. and we basically recorded all of these random sound effects to make our own Foley art. We no did shit. all of our sound design. That's we cool. Yeah, we recorded a small ensemble for scoring, and we pretty much just redid and mixed all the scoring and ADR. We got to learn all of that from the ground up. And that was cool. how we did everything in video game audio, but we got to learn about Music production and studio environments. Mixing, mastering, yep. that kind of yep. stuff. Live okay. sound, mastering. Broadcast was a lot of fun. And that's what initially got me into getting the gig with iHeartRadio. Oh. And that's how I got into doing radio at that point because uh, I did a lot of extracurricular certifications in the broadcast field. Cool. Because I did broadcast journalism in high school. Yeah. And okay. I had a feeling like, man, if I have to find something to pay my bills, if I could probably get something in the broadcasting you know, world, that'll probably be it. It's not that bad. No. You know? And sit around, fucking mix audio. Oh, and it's do whatever. Great. Yeah. Especially for the two stations I work for now, because they're both talk. They're both talk radio stations. Perfect. They're both AM. So <laughs> all I really have to do is just make sure that the talents sound good on air. Make sure that we get out, you know, on time. The legal ID fires, and all of our spots fire, so everybody gets paid, and everyone's happy. Boom. And it's an easy job. Hell yeah. So you work at a radio station? Yeah, I work for News Talk 550 KFYI and then Fox Sports 910 in Phoenix. So, and so you have two jobs? Uh, well, that's basically one part-time job just being spread between two stations because okay. Okay. those two stations are owned by the same program director or they're managed by the same program okay. director. Okay. So he basically makes a schedule and has me sp split between there. But I'm getting into engineering for them as well. So that may become a full-time career split between those two part-time ones. Like doing commercials and stuff? Uh, no, that's more production. Engineering would be more of like the actual routing of cables and the oh, actual okay. maintaining cool. of the signal and the troubleshooting cool. yeah. and doing a lot of the nitty-gritty when it comes to uh, making sure that our connection with each transmitter is... Uh, is tight and making sure that the signal is secure that sounds fun man it's a lot of work but it is a lot of fun yeah and especially uh, i got to go into the rack room one day and i just saw a heap of cables going to one router and <laughs> i started sweating buckets as soon as i saw like this mountain of cables and i'm like this connection takes us all the way to where i'm like well it stretches 40 miles across down to casa grand i'm like holy shit wow and that's that's our job. We have to make sure that that stays connected. Good. Wow. That's awesome. It's fun work. And it's um, it makes me feel a little bit better because I don't really feel like the black sheep of my family anymore. <laughs> because like my, my cousins are living all prolific lives. You know, they're all in the East Valley. One's a realtor who has a bunch of, of properties. Yeah, yeah. One works for the, uh, well, she used to work for the Oscars. She now works for Disney. And then the... Damn. Right. And then the other is uh, a fashion consultant. Oh. So I'm like, and then my sister's an RN. That's so. bougie as fuck. Right? Yeah. And then my sister's an RN. So I'm like, everybody has these great respectable jobs and I'm just still making minimum wage. This hey, whatever, man. Well. And, I, and I had to shake off the stigma at first. You and do, yeah. finally realized, like, look, family's family and all, and they'll say whatever they want, but... But are you happy? 
I am now. Great. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Yeah. Precisely. Fuck everything. That's all that matters. That's, that's my, awesome. That's my new mantra. Fuck yeah. everything. Well, yeah, dude, it's so, that's been my mantra forever. So long as I'm happy and I'm not hurting anyone. Right. The absolutely. fuck gives a shit what I'm doing? Why? Why would you waste your time or your breath? What are you going to shit up? What are you, bully? What are you, fuck? <laughs> you know, get the fuck out of here. And that's I had, awesome. And I had spent way too many years letting other people try and direct sure. what's good for me. Case in point. I didn't want to give up motion and color. I loved playing shows. Are you I, doing a band now? Uh, we are still writing. Uh, we haven't played any shows yet. And uh, we're still trying to find a name. But we have about 10 or 11 songs that we're tightening up. And Okay, so jamming out, on. getting this stuff tight. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, and it's been um, over a couple of years. One of them's uh, a roommate of mine. The first friend I made while I was out here... Uh, there was a Facebook group called Hemisphere, cool. uh, which is how a lot of musicians find networking and they okay. get in touch that way. And a bunch of people had recommended, uh, because I made a post saying, like, I just arrived in the central Arizona area. Who writes music? And my friend Trent was like, dude, this guy's awesome. Do something with him. Tanner backs <laughs> me up. And a bunch of people were saying, like, this guy's on the level. Do something. And the first guy to like it and message me, now. It's what turned in like it started off as a five minute text message conversation. Sure. Then that turned into a four hour phone call talking about life and philosophy and music, especially music. And that was three years ago. And then we haven't stopped driving each other crazy since. Nice. That's awesome. And that's and I love actually being able to take the time to write music with people that uh, it's not just a job to be in a band yes. with somebody. And, and that's a thing like well, I've it, been in it's a job. It's worthless, man. Oh, absolutely. And I, and, or, you know, a, a gig being a gig. Yeah. Like I've done a bunch of hired gun situations for cover bands all the time. Sure. I'll jump in. I'm not really, you know, going to spend a whole lot of time with these guys, but well, as long as they can just give you the sheet music, you probably just like, all right, cool. Or even that, or hell, I'll just start listening to the tracks that they have. Yeah. Like, all right, what songs are we doing? These, cool. I'll listen to them. I'll have them down by tomorrow. And it's, uh, I start, I started playing for a lot of country bands, especially. Yep. Because I worked at a country bar, I mean, and I started running sound for a lot of country bands. That's. So I got to be really tight knit with that community. So I was like, all right, you're doing these same seven songs that I heard last night. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, that works. I'll have them ready by tomorrow. And surely enough, uh, I'll. I didn't e- even take my whole kit with me. She. Yeah. E. Hey, 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 hey oh, look, they're throwing it up. <laughs> Spicing it up. Oh, shit. Oh, this Hank Williams song this time. That's yeah. refreshing. Well, Instead that's of the a... seven others that I heard last night. This one has a major in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean it's... Oh, you're not doing Kenny Chesney? Wow, I am so... Whoosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect, dude. The, just give me my fucking paycheck. Let's so you've been out there for three years, huh? A little less than three years, yeah. It will be three years come November. And still coming back to see family and stuff on occasion. Uh, a lot of a couple of my family members came out to see me actually this year. Oh, it wasn't that nice of them. It, it was nice because you know, with money it's being kind of a far uh, away drive. Well, and that's the thing with money being uh, hard to come by, especially with the busy schedules they have. The fact sure. that they were able to fly out and see me was nice. Did they tell you? Nope. Awesome. Yeah, that's that, great. That was a great surprise because uh, my girlfriend and I. Uh, this year, back in March, we uh, made a trip out to Anaheim because we both just needed to escape and sure. get away from everything. You gotta get away, man. And a couple of days beforehand, uh, my parents flew out, and I hadn't seen them since I left. So it was really cool oh, for them nice. to surprise me like that. Yeah. 
the rest of my family, of course, was in the know, and they of had to keep that surprise. Hey, hey, can you come to Chili's uh, at like seven? Yeah, that's kind of how it was. Yeah, it was you know not even like a hey could you? They sent it like almost like a letter. I'm like, we expect your arrival at this location at this time. It was very formal. Very for- yes, Shmi, I shall be up there yeah, on I'm, the fourth night. I had to pull out like, my little monocle glass. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Make sure that, you know, it wasn't addressed to the wrong Esquire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got done reading it, looked up, and I had a top hat on. What the hell? It was the damnedest thing. It just came out of nowhere. <laughs> That's awesome. So but being out there has uh, given me the insight that I didn't think I was going to have to earn, but it was one that I realized I had to. I sure. had to do a lot of growing up, and uh, there was a lot of, I mean, and a lot of shit I had to let go. Yeah, well, that's growing up. Yeah. You know, that's everybody, man. We all got that bullshit. Mm-hmm. I guess still got some things I need to. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of it's hard to shake, though, and I understand why a lot of people have trouble shaking off sure. a lot of the things of the past, because some of that shit hits hard. It does, for sure. It's hard, man. Life's hard. That's the shit they don't tell you when you're younger. Yep. I wish yeah. I could have gotten uh, that test in high school. Yeah. The one question test saying, like, is life easy? No? Cool, you passed. Yeah. Could have used that easy, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's different, man, especially being older. It's just like, wow, this... And it never stops. So nope. you either you either fucking give up or you die trying. So right. I mean, we're all gonna fucking, you know, die. So it's no whatever. Shit. Might as well like, get busy living. That's right. That's right. That's all I'll fucking do, man. All I do is live. I'm we're about to have band practice in fucking ten minutes. Hell yeah. You know? <laughs> You're more than welcome <laughs> to stick around too, by the way, if you want to catch a couple uh catch a couple of those covers. Hell yeah. Wink. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. So uh so overall Move good. Mm-hmm. Life seems to be going pretty well out there. It's handling. It's the you know. It's not at the pace that I wish it would go, but it's it the pace time. that it needs to go. Yeah, it takes for time. Me. And it's and I'm I gotta realize that the pace I wanted to go is probably not the one that's best for me. Sure. Well, you have to build to it. Yeah. Because well, I mean, you basically moved and started completely over. Mm-hmm. You know, you fucking from scratch. Here we go. Yep. Step one. Yeah. You know, and you think about your life previous. Well, you had. 20 years to get to that point. Right. You know, it's a little different. Uh, but that sounds great, man. You're working for, so you're working for one company, two different stations. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, one of my jobs. The other job is uh, for another staging company. And I work as a stagehand for Rhino Staging. And, oh, fuck yeah, man. Yep. I get to help set up and tear down a lot of cool events that go through a lot of their event centers. Too. I miss that shit, man. I miss that. If I didn't work the amount of hours I worked, I would still do that. Oh, absolutely. That's a great job. And it's it's very gratifying. Like I, you just, ever thought um, about TMing, tour managing, or doing tour sound? Or I'd love to eventually get there. There's a, there's yeah, uh, there's a there's a great like they have. I don't know if you're familiar, but they have like a website where you can go and put like your resume on there. No kidding. Yeah, and if you get you know all you got to get is one, do one and crush it. Yep. They'll everyone will have your back, man. Right. That's uh. That's important. Start talking to those fucking... That's a, that's a good piece of advice. If you ever wanted to be something like that, man, those sound guys at them damn shows oh, that yes. come in with the band. Because yep. every show you do probably has their own sound guy. Right. And they have um, 
each facet of the touring company have their own yeah. leads in each department. Yeah. And I've gotten a little bit of experience in everything, mainly carpentry, but I love the lighting. I love doing the lighting department. Yeah, LD. But audio is my main gig, which I love. And I love that they've been kind enough to keep me in that. Yeah, dude. Because, I mean, as much as I love, you know, getting those gains by throwing deck and, you know, building stages. I was going to say, yeah, dude, that's just so hardcore. Because that, that's chess... <laughs> And back day all in one. Chess, Tetris, fucking yeah. back day, <laughs> yeah. fucking, fuck, a patience. <laughs> Your yeah, patience honest. will be tested unbelievable. No shit. Hey, can you build this faster? Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Get me five more guys and we'll yeah. talk. You got a pound of crack? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll need a few of those rocks to really yeah. get going, <laughs> to pal. really knock it out. <laughs> You know what, Jeff? Go the fuck home. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. I'm still getting uh, paid four hours. Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. Is it unionized? Yeah. It is? Okay. They actually started doing that here. I'm surprised. Nice. Oh, wow. Here of all places? I know. Uh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Hell Shocking. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they, yeah, they, they've. They uh unioned up, man. MP is union now too. Well, which kind of sucks to me though, because like used to you could kind of just go to. I miss that vibe. I like. I get it. I get the unionization thing, but like I miss that vibe of like you can just walk in there and be like, "Yo, man, can I push some cases?" Fuck yeah, we don't give a shit. Sure, right. You know, like they were down because mm-hmm. it's like, well, that's free labor. One, absolutely. And you're meeting, making connections, that kind of thing. I met a lot of people doing that stuff, which so it kind of hinders that because mm-hmm. it's. You know, with unions, it's like extremely hard to be fired. But uh, right, I've I've seen people literally just stand around and be on their phone for four hours, and it's like that's the beauty of being in a union. Yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, with everything, pros and cons. But yeah. uh, so, do you have any goals for like right now? Just maybe get the band up playing shows. That's really what I'm focusing on the most, and that's why I've enjoyed uh, my other hobby that I can't really afford but I still have fun doing which has been a, a recent thing is getting back into barbershop singing and doing a lot of acapella stuff because that's cool because I that's cool uh, as fuck right well I and that's another reason why I loved uh, studying music so much because in music school when I was growing up I was shown uh, the movie The Music Man okay in school, which yeah. was based on the old musical and there's uh, a scene where Robert Preston's character teaches like these four teachers that can't get along to get along by singing together. And it's a, like, and it was an actual barbershop quartet of dudes called the Buffalo bills. They had won like internationals as a quartet in the sixties. Wow. And they had done the production, like all the stage productions and the movie. So, but there's a scene where he gets like these four guys to blend well together by singing together and blending as a quartet. Yeah. And, the ringing of chords that they made, I had never heard before in my life, and it blew me away. I'd never heard cool. or witnessed anything like that. I'm like, that's cool. That is like, cool. Because I got that chill feeling. Like, you know, if you hear a good chord and you... Oh, yeah. You've, you Trust see, me. Yeah, you see the hairs rise. Yep. I had that at nine years old, and that's how I knew, wow, singing actually really can be a cool thing with more than just yourself. Oh, yeah. And I discovered that more in high school when I started singing with the guys from the Skola. When we would get bored with singing all the scripture that we needed to, we would pull out like these old like jazz you know, numbers and these old jazz charts, and we would just ring chords. And really, with, and with all my choir friends in college, we did the same thing. Just all through vocalizations. Absolutely. The, the yeah, we would change just blend blend our voices and uh, just 
try different chord uh, variations, and we move good. out together as a group. I was going to say, like, working with others, too, that has to, like, make way easier. Being in college brought me to the point where I wasn't just a solo musician anymore. Right. Because I think um, two, kinds, two kinds of people will say that they're solo musicians. Ones that only know how to sing by themselves, mm. and the ones that can't sing by themselves. <laughs> and I've sadly witnessed both. Yeah. And most of my students have been the latter, because uh, I did a lot of teaching through the community school of music when I was at UCA. Cool. And that's what got me to not only figure out what's a fix in myself, but how to fix these same issues with other singers. Oh, okay. And uh, I started off as a music education major. Wisdom, they call that, I yes, do believe. Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, depends on who you <laughs> display who the wisdom to. to. Yeah, sure, but And still. depends on who wants that wisdom and who doesn't. You know, I'm open for any suggestions. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, well, which is great, because a lot of people aren't nowadays. Unless it's like, hey, man, you know what? You should try this myth. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I don't think I'm going to try that myth. <laughs> I, w- I wish I had not listened to that voice. <laughs> hey, man, shit happens. Yeah, you know? no kidding. We get, we're not all perfect. <laughs> Your girl's already left you. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. <laughs> you build a You're house. Right. What yeah. could go wrong now? <laughs> yeah. Everything is fairy tales. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you want to talk about how things really went downhill, it started with that one sniff. That's the one that got me down. Dude, that shit'll do it, man. That shit'll do it quick. So long as you But here you are. Oh. Oh. You gonna spew? Spew in the air vent. That would be funny. <laughs> Wrong hole. You good? Oh yeah, just choked. Okay. My bad. No, you're good. But uh, that's also part of why I needed to get clean, because I forgot what was really fun. Sure, man. And working with well, other people. that shit people, makes you dull, too. No kidding. And drugs, man. Mixing that with alcohol was alcohol even worse. worse. Like, I love alcohol. Like, we're drinking uh, Love Honey right now. But, like, you know, three beers amongst friends, that's different than binge fucking, you know, burning, like, a whole, you know, what do they call it, a handle of whiskey. Yeah. And, you know, just... <laughs> completely blacking out so you don't remember anything at all because you don't want to like that's different that's so sad how people used to cope that way one of my old college roommates is going down that road and i really wish i could help him but you can't help those that can't listen or won't listen and sometimes man you just have to sometimes you have to go through the shit to to get back up yeah you have to hit rock bottom you have to and you know how i did Sounds no, like it. Yeah, yeah I'd, like, I'd like to say that I was able to hit rock bottom so I could get better. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd probably still keep spiraling downward no matter where I go. Because See, the, t- that's, the temptation's going to be anywhere. When your problems will chase you if you're not willing to deal with them. Right. It's not the place. Like I was saying earlier, mm-hmm. it's like a lot of times, maybe sometimes, man, you need to turn around and look in the mirror, face facts, and do shit for yourself. And I definitely had yeah. to. Don't I run was, away from it. And I was sick of, you know, doing stuff mainly for other people because I'd forgotten what it was like to really do Help something yourself. for yourself. Yeah. It's a server in me, man. It's, I just yeah, can't stop. I get it, Can't man. stop serving. I get it. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like to do way more than required of most humans than, you know. But at the end of the day, I'm still going to do that. Right. This is who I am. But yeah. at the same time, uh, you know, I'm in my 
as I get older and talk, doing this podcast too helps a lot. Just being able to say shit in the open and be held accountable for it is great too. You know, because once this goes out, it's like, well, it's on record now. Because yeah. if I <laughs> yeah. say something too fucked up, someone's going to hit the record button. Yep. And you have to own that shit. So right. it's like, well, and that's good too. You know, it keeps you uh, in check. Keeps you in check. Keeps you on your feet. You know, unless you pull like a Don Imus or something, but you know, or a host of other people who can just say whatever. And like, just, yeah, yeah, you can't, you know, they like just an, don't care. Pull an, pull an Anthony Cumia and just <laughs> go on a tirade on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Twitter is a garbage fire of shit. It's uh, a cesspool. <laughs> and I still have one, so I'm just I, like, I don't think I've been able to check my Twitter. I think, uh, I mean, I don't even remember on my login info. Uh, but I'm afraid to look at it yeah, because I haven't checked it in about five years. And oh, I, good Lord. I, I don't want to go down that cringe fest. It, add I, another add another five or ten gray hairs. Yeah. <laughs> well, the kids don't like it anymore. Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of how it goes. I mean, when the trending topics update literally mm-hmm. multiple times a day. Oh, you can do it like every 20 minutes or something like that. Yeah, and the top 10 will completely change in that 20 minutes. I think it's like top 20 now or something. Wow. And it's even more like just in your face, and I'm just like, oh, God. I find myself like on it, and then I'm like, what am I doing? And I'll I'll turn the phone off and set it down and go do something else. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm like sucked (laughs) into this thing like a fucking vacuum. I can't get away from it. But And then I'll be out here later like recording shit, doing Mm -hmm. film stuff, you know, with the phone because that's all I got, but use what you got. Yeah. Uh, so cool. You're writing songs. Yes. Maybe. Are y'all planning on being a venue band? Are you going to? That's our goal. We just need to find. Uh, we need. A, we're just trying to find the right members to help us fulfill what it is we're looking for. But in the meantime, we are just keeping our instrumentals tight and focusing on uh, writing the most challenging music we can come up with. Cool. Like I like to hear that. Is it what what if you had to put a genre on it? Uh, a good blanket term would probably be mathcore, I suppose. Cool. Because one of our guitarists is really into tech death and Sean and Polyphia. Yeah, you were saying that, so I was... And then our other guitarist loves a lot of, um, a lot of hardcore and a lot of, uh, death metal. Okay. Like, the non-techie side. And then my way of bridging those two together is to add in a lot of my, uh, my chaos bands, I call there them, a go. lot of my yeah. uh, spastic uh, math riffs. So I challenge a lot of my uh, influences from like number 12 looks like you and botch and converge and Dillinger, especially for this project. Nice. A lot of Dillinger influences for this one. Very nice. So that's my way of bridging the it. two together. I can't wait to hear it. I can't it wait. It already to sounds it right up there. my alley. Yeah. You're going to be doing, uh, I don't know if touring will ever be in your future, but I'd is like it. it to is be. it aspirational goal? It is. Cool. Uh, for the three of us that are involved, yes. That's something that we really want to do. That's badass. So we just want to find people that not only can also hang. Wants, that's the hardest part, dude. Yeah. It's the hang is fine. Right. It's the, it's the, hey, we want to get the fuck on out of here and go on the road. Yeah. That part's hard. That part's hard as shit. And that's the thing. We've, we've gone through members already that are either not interested or they have other projects or they kind of just want to be lazy or just... Mm-hmm. Or just work on demos, and like, which are which is nice. I mean, I'm always down to have demos at the ready and have something that we can go back to yeah, after but, we finish up a tour. But exactly. what about? But what about before then? Yeah, 
Because otherwise, we'll just have a library of unfinished demos that we'll just keep constantly adding to. Uh, exactly. And then and then you'll break up anyway, like all bands do, eventually. Right. And then we have all this stuff that nobody would ever hear. Wow, great. Awesome. Glad yeah. we got to all hear All that it. work was put to good use. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What good would that do? No, hell no. If we're exactly. Gonna, if we, I mean, if we're writing, let's promote it. Exactly. All right. So. 705. Yeah, I have to go drum. I will let you You're call more it. You're welcome to uh, stick around. I'd love Dude, to. I love the story, man. I'm glad it's going well. Thank it's going you. where it needs to. Yes. Uh, it's picking up. That's great. Mm-hmm. Congratulations on Thank all that, you. on all your stuff. Uh, Likewise, congrats you, on all of these great endeavors. I love this podcast, man. Thank you, man. Of a course. lot of people have, out of state and things say it's like a nice way to hang out with their friends without being able to. Uh, that, that, that means something to me. That actually... Uh, tear up a little bit. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the old and man that's, and me got and that's what makes that. me feel like there's still a part of me here. Yeah. Is by listening to this podcast and keeping in touch with the local community. Of course. And it makes me think about, man, all all my friends back home are still doing cool shit. And it makes me so happy to hear that. Yeah. And it's actually the resurgence the last year or so has been fucking phenomenal. Y'all been putting in the work. It's been with, crazy as with hell. With the tours that... Anthony is bringing in and the work that Evan still does for putting on and a lot of big so, shows. And there's so much that hasn't even been said yet. Yeah. It's the, just, you guys are still doing even more. Right. Oh, no. Yeah. There's some big shit. And the coming. fact that you're, I mean, and even the fact that this podcast is promoting the cover show and sponsoring the cover show that speaks was, volumes. Yeah. It was like this thing was like, uh, was the, the idea behind the shows and sponsoring shows and stuff was that I don't want to ask for money. So if I do the footwork, which is basically work, if I work for it and charge a ticket for a, a feed to a thing that I worked for, I feel more justified in taking that dollar. Right. I I get the Patreons and the and the, and the cash me apps and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. I'm just I'm kind of old school in that way where it's like if I didn't earn it, I kind of just don't want it. Well, it's admirable, but I also get why people go to those because if you need if you need the help, that's the best way I think to it, do it. I think it would help me tremendously, and people have tried to talk me into it a few times. But I'm just like, man, I'd just rather just you know just throw the concert. If they want to help, they'll come to the concert. Shit, right? Because it does help. It At least the people help. that are here. Well, exactly, exactly. Yeah, people who are far away. You know, thank you. All you gotta do is listen. Yeah. So long as the numbers go up and stay the same or whatever, you know, that's that's just that's just as cool. Because the numbers are what you can use later on to push forward towards bigger and better things. Just, you know, same as a band having a like on a Facebook page. Right. The more likes you get, that's how you're going to get more coverage. Right. So, did oh, your band doesn't have a name yet. I was going to say plug your shit, but... When we we go public, you'll know. Okay. And until then, they can find you where? They can... uh, well, a lot of my work is going to be through my own public Facebook page until I get something going. Okay. So anybody that's friends with me on Facebook, you know where to look. There you go. All right. And I'm on uh, all the bullshit. Uh, Crashcast Pod, Twitter, Crashcast Pod 1, the number, don't spell it out. And is that it? You good? I what? am more than happy to... Uh, Hear what you guys have for sure. I'm excited just for that more than anything. All right, cool. Let's go jam. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thanks, guys.